Hello, and thank you so much for listening to the first episode of The Christian Educator. My name is Tyler Daly, and I created this podcast with a goal to encourage, guide, and inspire Christian educators in showing Christ in their classrooms, schools, and districts. Each month, I invite a guest, and through a question-and-answer format, the guests and I have a discussion about how they show Christ in their classroom and other related topics that come up. Today, we have Russellville Intermediate School Teacher of the Year, and as of next school year, an assistant principal of Russellville High School, Mr. Luke Humphreys. I know Mr. Humphreys through church, but I was also lucky enough to observe him for my education courses this semester. Let's listen to my conversation with him. Okay, we're here with Mr. Humphreys. How are you, sir? I am good. It's been a little bit of a crazy afternoon, but things are going well. You've been surviving this whole quarantine and trying to get all your work done? Yeah, it's been good for me, actually. I've been I've enjoyed the quarantine. I've got to spend a lot of extra time with my wife, who's also a teacher, and our daughter. Um, so that's been good. So for the people who don't really know you, can you sort of tell us a little bit about yourself and your teaching experience? Yeah, so I am uh, married to my wonderful wife, Jordan, who's also a teacher. She uh, teaches at Russellville Intermediate School. And we have one um, daughter, Nora, who is almost two. And we're kind of hoping to add to our family sometime soon. So that's fun and interesting. Um, but I, let's see, where do I begin? I guess I went to the Univers- University of Arkansas and I graduated in 2012 um, with a kinesiology degree. And I hoped to become a PE teacher, actually, of all things, and a coach. Um, out of college, I got a job teaching sixth grade math at Kip Delta College Preparatory School, which is in Helena, West Helena, um, down in the Mississippi River Delta. Um, my wife also taught there. We taught at the same school for three years. And um, after a year of teaching sixth grade math, I moved on to the eighth grade math classroom uh, for two years. And then we moved to Russellville in 2016. And in 2016, I started teaching eighth grade math at Russellville Junior High School. Um, And I taught there for three years. I moved to Russellville Intermediate School for a year. And um, that's this year. And next year, I'm going to be an assistant principal at Russellville High School. Yeah, go Cyclones. (laughs) Okay, so can you tell us a little bit about your testimony? Uh, Yeah, sure. So I grew up in a Christian home was in church nine months before I was born and kind of always did and said the right things growing up. Um, Was uh, a lot like other young Christians in church um, anytime the doors were open. And that was kind of my life story through um, adolescence and my teenage years. And it wasn't until college really that I started wondering why I was doing those things. And um, I kind of came to the conclusion around 18 or 19 that I had been doing those things as uh, part of cultural expectations, um, tradition, and just what my parents um, had hoped for me to become. And so I started exploring more in depth the realities of Christianity that I'd never adopted for myself, that I had just always um, trusted from my parents' point of, point of view, if that makes sense. Um, And so part of my exploration, my personal exploration of Christianity in college was um, just a deep dive into um, the gospel, the books of the gospel, um, where Jesus himself is ever present and 
Um, the cornerstone of Christianity is more real than anywhere else in the yeah. Bible. Um, and just through, through that experience and with accountability with friends and um, some other life experiences as well, um, I came to um, I came to the conclusion that Jesus is who He said He is, um, and that I was ready to um, that I was ready to accept that personally for my own self. Um, that it wasn't something that was bestowed on me. Um, it wasn't something that I could inherit, um, but it was something that um, that I could accept personally. And so that was my um, that was kind of my literal come to Jesus um, moment was in college. Building off that last question from your testimony in your relationship with Christ, how do you show Christ in your classroom, your school, or even your school district? Yeah, um, there's definitely different layers to that question. Um, there are overt ways that I show Christ. Um, I play worship music in my classroom. So when, when there's downtime, when kids are working, um, as kids are coming in or leaving, I'll play music and oftentimes that's worship music. Um, sometimes the kids will even sing along or they'll ask me, you know, what is the song or who sings it? Um, I also have tattoos and so <laughs> when it's appropriate, I wear short, I can wear short sleeves and um, those give me the opportunity to overtly say things like, this tattoo says convinced and it's from Romans 8, 38 and 39 where it says, I am convinced that nothing can separate me from the love of Christ or, you know, this tattoo um, represents the blood of Jesus and um, I have other tattoos that students ask me about. And so those are, are you know, relatively overt ways um, that I uh, am able to share Christ in my classroom. There are, there are more subtle, implicit ways as well. Um, part of, maybe even part of my classroom management um, style would be inspired by the gospel in some ways where um, I do my very best to... Um, to be gracious where I know kids need it um, and to assume the best where I can. Um, but I also, I also have to pause. I have to literally pause in class sometimes um, and, and stop myself and filter myself before, um, before I let my emotions get the best of me or before I let um, something that I haven't thought about well enough come out of me. Um, and then I also have to be purposeful about celebrating good things that happen in the classroom. Oftentimes as teachers, we get so sucked into the, the bad apple that's ruining the bunch mm -hmm. that we forget about the, the other kids that are present. And so uh, moving, even moving into my administrative role, I'm hoping to be purposeful about not letting a kid go unseen because they have done everything that they are supposed to. Hmm. And oftentimes as teachers, um, that's what can happen to our students in the classroom. And so I feel like even though it's, it's subtle, even though it's implied, um, that those, the ways that I manage my classroom are also gospel inspired. Um, those things can be done without a gospel inspiration, um, but those those things allow me to um, have Christ-centered conversations when it's appropriate with um, with young children, um, and they they give 
they give me the opportunity to reflect on my relationship with Christ and how he treats me, um, what he has done for me. And it, it gives me the opportunity to return that to my students. I feel like it's a mission field. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to be candid, like that's something that I've struggled with because I imagined coming out of college that I would be a full-time missionary really in like in a foreign third world country and I struggled for years especially whenever I was in Helena with not having a a career that was 100% evangelism Um, and I I have slowly grown into this um, mindset that the classroom is a mission field it's not as um, it's not as explicit as being moving to Thailand or Italy or whatever other foreign country desperately needs people to share the gospel with them. Um, but it but it is an important and critical part of the local community um, having access to the gospel, mm-hmm. and and I've slowly come to terms with that um, during my time in the classroom. So my next question is, how does one create a Christ-like atmosphere in their classroom? Yeah, I mean, that's certainly tough. Um, that's, it's a tough question to answer. It's tough to, it's tough to do, and it's probably not something that I've mastered. Um, but it alludes to something I was saying earlier about if you see your students as eternal souls that are on the same level as you when it comes to needing salvation, needing a connection with an eternal God, then it motivates you to act differently in your classroom, um, which ultimately changes your your atmosphere. Um, and so one way that's tangible that any teacher can immediately do is and something I've done in the past is if you go to you can go to each desk and there's something powerful about going to the desk and and you can pray for that student individually and it's it's almost even more powerful if you're purposeful about praying for the students who can be difficult or who can be challenging um, or who are unmotivated or you just know that they have Um, bigger issues than the content that you teach in your Mm -hmm. class and there's something powerful about prayer that changes the atmosphere in your classroom Um, and I'm I'm saying doing this when your classroom is empty Um, not necessarily in the midst of a lesson although I have stood at the back of my classroom and prayed before for students by name standing there by myself but um, I think for someone who's listening that wants to know like what can I what can I do? Not what ideas can I adopt, but what action steps can I take? I think this is one that's immediately uh, able to be implemented is if you go into your classroom whenever you are allowed back in <laughs> and you start praying for kids by name, regardless of how they make you feel or how they've treated you, that the atmosphere of your classroom will at least slowly start to be more and more Christ-like for the sake of this question. I feel like prayer is such a major um, thing that you can do that could 
really change how you perceive them. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, um, of course, it's the your heart in the prayer. Um, so I've never prayed for my student to go easier on me. Um, I've never prayed for classes to be more comfortable for me. Um, I think those are selfish prayers and um, don't always align with God's will. Um, but I have prayed for God to be glorified in my relationship with a difficult kid. Um, or I have been, I have prayed for God to be honored in the midst of my most difficult class. Um, and I think that those are even simple ways to hold yourself accountable um, to having a Christ-like attitude. Um, it's not a, it's not a cure-all, and it's not easy. Um, but I think anyone that's looking to move, anyone who's looking to find a way to get Christ into the classroom, prayer is the mm-hmm. easiest and the first way um, to just give God access to even the most difficult places. Uh, in your classroom. Amen. My next question is, when certain circumstances occur in your classroom or your school that discourage you, how does your faith play a role in how you respond? Yeah, so um, so I want to answer this question. I want to leave room for people to respond differently than I do. Um, I think that's important as um, an educator that, uh, that you feel comfortable um, that you feel comfortable in your in your own skin, and so while this, while it may work for me, it may not work for everybody. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, I, I've said a few things throughout this conversation about how I respond. Sometimes, so like, um, like literally pausing in the middle of class and having ten seconds of awkward silence, I think is one of the healthiest things for me in my classroom. Um, because I can be sarcastic in a way that's detrimental. Um, I can be mean or rude um, if I don't take that pause. Um, I can, um, yeah, there's lots of unhealthy ways that I can respond if I don't pause. And so a healthy pause can be good um, many times. Um, And that will prevent the negative. Um, but more than just preventing the negative, I want to promote the positive as well. And so I alluded to this earlier as well, where um, oftentimes, especially in education or even in parenting, you get hung up on the things that go bad, the things that go wrong. Um, and we miss a large portion of the things that go right. Um, we get hung up on our failures and we don't celebrate our victories. And so in any given day, for example, in junior high, in any given day, I can have six class periods, you know, 15 to 20 kids per period. And I can go home thinking about the one thing that I did Mm -hmm. wrong or the one kid who just really got on my nerves. And I can forget about the other 79. Um, and I mean this in the sense that um, there, those 79 needed to be celebrated. And, the, and those kids 
needed to be acknowledged. And there were years in my teaching career where that I wasn't giving those kids that opportunity. I was just investing all of my emotional energy in the handful of students who were not living up to my expectations in my classroom. And so slowly but surely, I've had to be more purposeful about giving those kids the credit that they deserve in real time when they deserve it. And what I found is actually that that's a motivating factor for students who are misbehaving, is they know that if they're gonna get celebrated and acknowledged publicly for their good behavior, then they will, you know, in some cases, not in all cases, but they will meet that criteria. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think, I think part of why we have recurring misbehavior is because those students get acknowledged for those reasons. And really what they're after is the acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. So if we can find a way to acknowledge them for the good things that, the, that they do, that that's a good classroom management behavior tool as well. Um, but to tie it back to the original question is, um, those things are motivated by my faith. I have, um, I have a Christ-centered reputation um, that must be upheld if the gospel is going to have any power at all. Um, and so for me to be rude or mean or sarcastic, um, for me to be um, a detriment to my students' lives and then turn around and say, you know, that I'm a, a Christian who believes in the gospel of Jesus, those two things are counterintuitive mm -hmm. and it makes the gospel lose its power. And so the motivating factor for um, how I respond to discouraging things in my classroom is the fact that I want people to believe the gospel of Jesus. I guess this sort of follows that last question. Um, when you do have or when you do feel discouraged after a long day, is there a verse you go to that you reference that you start to read? Um, not one in particular. I do have verses or verse inspirations tattooed on my body, one that I mentioned earlier, um, that have meant different things to me at different points in my life, um, but not one that I continually go to um, in certain situations. Mm -hmm. um, of course, I, you for encouragement's sake, you do have to make it a habit of consistently and continually reading God's word. And so um, I've shared this with a few different people in the district, but uh, I was challenged last summer in a book study in my young adult group with the question, are you the most godly person that your spouse knows? Um, and I had to be honest with myself and say, no, I wasn't at that point in my life. Um, and I knew that that was stemming from an underappreciation of God's word. And so um, I have made it a habit to um, get into God's word. I've adopted a word for myself um, that kind of motivates uh, my behavior and what I do. And that word is steady as in like, grounded or solid foundation. 
Um, I think about it as being uh, pressed but not moved, that kind of steady. Um, and so part of steady for me is consistently being in God's Word. Um, and what I'll do is, like on the, a Bible app, if there's a verse that sticks out to me in what I'm in what I'm reading, I'll create like a verse image for that and I'll save that on my phone. And so I have like an album on my phone of different verses um, that mean different things for different reasons. And on occasion, I will go through that album and just kind of read um, those verses in particular. There, but there's not one that I go to over and over and over again uh, whenever I'm feeling discouraged. Okay, cool. My last question um, is there a message that you want to share to other Christian educators listening right now? I think there's probably, if I had, if I took the time to really think about um, everything that I would want to share with educators in general, but specifically Christian educators, um, it would be a long list of opinions <laughs> that I'm sure probably just I overthink. But I think the the main thing is as as educators and as specifically as Christian educators, it matters how we treat our kids. Um, it matters how we treat our students. Uh, we have we have a lasting impact on our students' earthly experiences, but we have an eternal impact on their souls as well. And the way that we interact daily, implicitly or explicitly, matters eternally. And I think we have to, we, myself included, have to continually wrestle with how do we improve in the classroom in a way that's God glorifying. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the most pressing thing for me um, and something that I have to continue to challenge myself is it matters how we treat students. Um, it, I, on that note, it matters how we treat other people too. Mm -hmm. It matters how we treat our coworkers. It matters what we say about our boss. It matters... Uh, our attitude matters in general and I think that even though it doesn't always feel like it our jobs are a place where we can share the gospel with the way that we act with the things that we do and even with the words that we say um, and in education we uh, we've, it's almost like drinking from a fire hose sometimes where you're always trying to keep up with parent contact and student behavior and the newest technology and instructional trends. Um, so to add another challenge to an educator um, is, is somewhat contradictory for me, but I do think it's an important challenge for us to remember that the way that we treat our students really does matter eternally. Perfect. Cool. Thank you so much for um, being involved with us. Yeah, I had a blast. This is great. Sorry, your first episode is going to be an hour and a half. But, <laughs> but thanks for having me. <laughs>